AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Brett Johnson with you here on a Tuesday afternoon. And as usual on Tuesdays, we have a visit with someone from the Minnesota Reformer. As this week, we are joined by Dina Winter, who wrote an interesting article on restorative justice because two unlikely people came together to help spearhead Minnesota's effort to reform our juvenile justice system. In fact, a comprehensive bill was uh, just passed that was part of the uh, public safety bill that does reform the juvenile justice system system. And two of the people that were unlikely allies were Minneapolis Police Lieutenant Kelly O'Rourke and Representative Sandra Feist. We'll be talking about how they were able to work together to put through those juvenile justice reforms. Dina, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Appreciate it. You bet. Anytime. Absolutely. So before we dive into the unusual relationship between O'Rourke and Feist and how they were able to work together, can you provide a little background information on the major reforms to the juvenile justice system that were passed with the help of both O'Rourke and Feist? Well, the the crux of this particular portion of it is is about something called restorative justice, where rather than just um, putting a kid in the justice system, even if it's a juvenile system, um, which is not exactly the same as the adult system, but rather than doing that, sometimes there are cases where they could try a different approach and try to get that young person to see, you know, the impact that their actions had on the victim of the crime, and sometimes they will, you know, talk to each other or or, you know, have some face-to-face interactions in some cases. And and the whole goal is just to sort of teach empathy if they don't seem to have it or, you know, create empathy in these cases so that rather than just having the case go through the system and maybe the victim doesn't even really know what happens in some cases, they, they, they just take a different approach to the whole thing and try to have a better outcome for both the offender and the victim, and they call it restorative justice. It's been done in some counties in Minnesota, um, but it's being done on a bigger basis in Colorado. And so it's it's not something that's going to be mandated, but it's going to be an option across the state, um, and they really would like to see it being done more often than it is being done now in Minnesota. Well, how were Representative Sandra Feist and Lieutenant Kelly O'Rourke first connected, and how do they decide to try working on these reforms? Because often when you hear a term like restorative justice, you don't often think of the support from, well, to be honest, many police officers or police departments. Sometimes you get pushback from that, especially on the political side. But lo and behold, these two were able to work together. So talk about how these two unlikely allies were worked, were able to work together and what first brought them together to try to work on these reforms. Yeah, um, Lieutenant Kelly O'Rourke said that, um, you know, he was, you know, he's been working on, he investigates, um, like, carjackings and robberies and so on right now. He's kind of managing investigations for that. Um, and so he he noticed that so many of these cases were being traced back to juveniles and, like, the vast majority, he was saying. Um, he was talking about how, you know, he's, investigated gangs for years and and often you know then they would have young people do some of their dirty work for them and then um 
But then he said he feels like the young people really, because the young people have it a little easier time in the juvenile system than if they were in the adult system. But um, he said over time these juveniles realize they can kind of get by with more and then they would kind of start doing crime on their own. <laughs> and and um, that, that he just saw, you know, they're getting younger and younger and it was a frustrating situation. He feels like the current system doesn't, doesn't uh, really work. And so he started looking at, you know, where, what does work. And he read about what Colorado was doing with this restorative justice and, and this um, Senator Pete Lee out there had kind of spearheaded some reforms of their system. And so he emailed him and Lee had already been talking with Representative Sandra Feist, um, who had been working on this since about the spring of 2021 and reached out to Lee also. So Senator Pete Lee connected the two. And from that point on, they were working together on this group that has been meeting week, you know, bi-weekly or so every other week, I think, um, for quite some time. And they just started working together on it. Um, along with others. Um, but it, I was just surprised when I first, when I heard um, Representative Feist talking about the bill on the floor of the House one day, and she mentioned Lieutenant O'Rourke's name, and I was surprised to hear that because, you know, I've I had done a ride-along with him last summer, and it didn't, you know, strike me as the type of bill that MPD would support <laughs> necessarily, or, you know, the officers on the street would necessarily, I, I figured they would probably think, oh, it's too soft on crime. Um, so I was like, you know, I reached out to uh, O'Rourke and was like, did I just hear her say your name? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. And he's, he had indeed been working with her on the, on the bill. And so then that's just, that's how they got connected. And that's how they ended up working together was basically a Colorado Senator. So that's why I did the story. Absolutely. And you were talking about how her work was so frustrated with seeing repeat criminals or these young criminals who oftentimes would kind of have their crimes escalate as they got older. And I think, yeah, both he and Feist were certainly in agreement that something has to be done to, to reform our juvenile justice system. But one of the quotes that really caught my eye from O'Rourke reading through your piece is that he basically said, Police don't want things that might work. They want things that actually will work. And you talked about this example in Colorado with their own program, which helped reduce juvenile crime. And there are some uh, counties in Minnesota that also have their own programs that have reduced juvenile justice through this restorative justice type program. So it certainly is important to have these evidence-based programs to base your things off of, because as I was saying, oftentimes police don't want things that might work. They want things that actually do work. And I think it helped having this type of evidence that they can point to and say, well, these programs worked in Colorado or these programs worked in certain counties in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, the, the Yellow Medicine County program, they say that, uh, I mean, they started out just using this pr approach for property crimes in the year 2000, and then they gradually expanded to other types of cases, and they said that their out-of-home placement um, went down 85% uh, per year from like $600,000 a year to $55,000. So they, um, they're really happy with the program there. And then in Pine County, they've also had a program where, um, you know, they said 
they're they're happy with the results too. They said that usually the process takes like 90 days, which is, I mean, if you cover court proceedings, that's sort of, un, that would seem kind of unheard of yeah, to me. Absolutely. And then he said 95% of those that start the program complete it. And they've had like 70 successful completions with, and their recidivism rate is 9%. So their county attorney is, he's very happy with the results there too. So uh, to hear tell from county officials that are doing it in Minnesota, they they are happy with the program so far. Now, whether they can do it on a state, you know, statewide level, that's seems like a big, tall task, but we'll see what happens. So how did law enforcement agencies and other officials in law enforcement react to some of the reforms that were proposed and then eventually passed through the legislature by O'Rourke and Feist? Did they face any opposition or skepticism? I'm curious about that part because, again, this is kind of an unusual coalition. I'm sure, I mean, O'Rourke said, you know, he said he's asked often why he supports it. And, you know, he talks about, his frustrations there. And, you know, he, I mean, he, he does have views that it's not like he and Feist line up on everything. They certainly, they certainly do him having been a cop here for 25 years. You know, he has a, a different experience and, and so it's not like he and Feist agree on everything, but they just both are very open to, to uh, collaborating with each other. But anyway, O'Rourke said that, you know, he does get that question and, and so, I mean, I didn't see, I'm sure there's going to be some pushback. I'm sure that some people will see it as another, just, oh, this is just another feel-good, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> program that's too soft on these kids. And, 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 you know, O'Rourke will say there are some kids that he thinks just need to be locked up. I mean, that are, you know, pretty tough cases. Um but even Mary Moriarty, the county attorney, is is uh, sort of talking about how they need facilities sometimes. And uh, recently, she went before a judge and asked to place a juvenile in Utah. You know, so um, so yeah, I'm sure there will be those that that are that are not going to be believers in it, or they might have some pushback. But we'll see how how they do. And what was uh, Representative Feist uh, talking about, or did she express any concerns that, of course, uh, at least on the political side, Republicans are going to hit them on the fact that, well, look, the DFL is being soft on crime, proposing these juvenile justice reforms. Did she express any concerns along those lines, and how did she try to work around those? Well, she said that she said that that, that there is always this. Um, that the Democratic Party is often sort of saying questioning that that sort of thing like uh she she think you know the public she said the public facing uh situation is much more um makes it more divided than it really is sometimes when you you know behind the scenes between lawmakers of of different parties but she said you know the democratic party does often do some soul searching on that topic and say are we being too soft and so on but um but behind closed doors, I mean, it, it's a lot of this rhetoric that you see, like on Twitter. You know, sometimes those same people are different, sort of, when they're not in public, public facing, as she put it. So um, there's more common ground than it might appear. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. 
so yeah, she but she said they do. They do think about that and talk about those things and um want to make sure that everybody's trying to fix this problem. But but yeah, they do they do they do certainly consider what kind of blowback they may get and they everybody wants the new program to work, you know. And talking a little bit more about the new program, I, I was curious about this aspect that has to do with advisory committees, because basically, as I understand it, these advisory committees kind of set things up so we don't have just a one-size-fits-all approach for every Minnesota city and county, so there is still some local control. So talk about these advisory committees and the role they play when it comes to kind of shaping the practices and ensuring that you know the local communities and counties still have involvement when it comes to implementing some of these reforms. Yeah, Feist said that that they have these committees that that are made up of they can sometimes be, you know, people that have been impacted. They can be you know, different community leaders and so on. But they they decide how to shape their practices within this program so that they fit their comfort level in that community. I mean, I think you know people in Pine County versus. Um, Yellow Medicine County versus Hennepin County, you know, they they're going to be different comfort levels, you know. And she just said that's that's sort of how they tailor it to fit their community. So interesting approach. We'll see how that goes too. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, encourage you to check out Dina's piece talking about the restorative justice program and how this is going to reform juvenile justice and the very unlikely allies we had that kind of spearheaded this effort with Minneapolis Police Lieutenant Kelly O'Rourke and also State Representative Sandra Feist. You can find that piece over at minnesotareformer.com, minnesotareformer.com, as we have been speaking with Dina Winter of the Minnesota Reformer. Dina, it's been great to have you on the show today. We've always been following along with some of the great reporting you've been doing on the Minneapolis Police department over the past several years and along with your other great work so awesome to have you on the show and thanks again for coming on you bet thank you let's take a break and send things back over to matt mcneil on am 950